The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Obeying God is more important than anything else you do. I said last week or two weeks ago, being under grace does not mean God suspends all other laws. And most of the time, that is a deception many Christians walk in. They think we are under grace. So that means I don't have to obey God. And most of the time, people even say, because we are under grace, we don't have to confess our sins. God says in his word, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. So there is a place for asking for forgiveness of sins even when you are walking under grace. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Never take thanksgiving for granted. Because thanksgiving is an application for more. Every time you thank God, he gives you more of what you don't have. Every time you thank God, what happens is God perfects everything that concerns you. The ten lepers came to Jesus. They were healed. But only one came back to thank Jesus. And that one who came back to thank Jesus, the Bible says that he was made whole. The rest were healed, but he was made whole. So that means every time we genuinely thank God from the bottom of our heart, he perfects what concerns us. The problem with many Christians is they ask God for something, they see a little, and they don't thank God for the little. So God says, I'll wait until you thank me for the little, then I'll bring you the more. So thanksgiving is an application for more. Thanksgiving perfects everything you are believing God for. So this morning, we want to take out our expectation cards, and we are going to thank God. Amen? Amen. We are going to thank God for all he's done, for perfecting everything, everything you have listed here, that God has perfected it in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. So take out your expectation cards. If you don't have one, ask the ushers to give you one. And may I please encourage you to always come to church with your expectation card. Amen? Amen. Because what we are doing here is prophetic. Amen. Amen. I said it's prophetic. So let's lift it up and begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for perfecting this. Thank you, Father, for perfecting it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing everything on this expectation card to pass, for making it a reality, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for every listed item on these expectations. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you that they have been perfected. 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 We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you that they have been perfected. We thank you that they have been perfected. We thank you that they have been perfected. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that they have been perfected. Thank you, Jesus, that they have been perfected. Thank you, Lord. They have been perfected. They have been perfected. They have been perfected. They have been perfected. Every expectation listed here is a reality. Before the end of this month, before the end of this year, they are a reality. Before Covenant 2020, they are a reality. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Thank you that our expectation will not be cut short. Thank you that our expectations will not be cut short. Oh, Father, we thank you for our expectations. They are manifesting. They are becoming a reality. In the mighty name of Jesus, they are coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus, nothing will stop it. Nothing will stop us. Our expectations are a reality. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for every listed item on this expectation card. That before the end of this month, as a matter of fact, before the end of today, before the end of today, I decree and I prophesy that these expectations are coming to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. Before the end of this week, these expectations are coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Before the end of this month, these expectations are coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, these expectations are coming to pass in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We call it done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give Jesus some praise. Rejoice as if they have been done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I say this? I think when we walk with the Lord, along the way we forget the key foundational truths that we have been taught. And let me say this. When it comes to thanksgiving in this church, I want to see everybody with a heartfelt participation. Amen. 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 
thanking God, when it comes to thanksgiving, I want to see everyone engage your heart in thanking God because I can guarantee you thanksgiving works. One thing I knew from the beginning is that ungrateful people shall never prosper. So thanksgiving works. So when we are thanking God, engage your heart. Let it come from the depths of your being. And as you do that, you'll see the manifestations of God's word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. And let me also say this. When God does something on your expectation card, you need to testify. Amen. Amen. We don't have to know the details. Amen. Amen. But you need to testify. If you don't testify for the little, the rest will not come to pass. Who was the first wife of Jacob? Who? Eh? Not Rachel. Who was the first wife? Leah. How many of you remember the names of the children Leah had? Who is the fourth born? Oh, yeah, somebody said it. Who was the fourth born? Who? No, Judah. Judah was the fourth born. Judah means praise. Judah means thanksgiving. Go and study. When she had a first born, second born, third born, giving birth ceased. It stopped. Because God wanted to teach her a lesson that the first thing you should have done was to thank me. And then she came to her senses. Then the fourth born she named Judah. Praise. And then the rest of the children started coming. If you don't thank God for the little he's done for you, the rest will not follow. Don't be ungrateful. Don't say, ah, but God... I wanted item number five or item number seven. Why did you do item number ten? Amen. And as we do that, God will bless you. When it comes to thanksgiving from henceforth in this church, I want all of us to engage what? Our heart. And let's see what God will do in your lives. In Jesus' name. I, 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 there are times God put certain things on my heart that I want to talk about, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will just say, wait, and let me do it. Two or three weeks ago, I wanted to speak to Pastor Halima about Maya school. That is not a good school, that she must not go there. I actually opened my email to send her an email. But I don't know what happened. It didn't happen. So I wasn't surprised to hear this morning that she got. I think I was watching. I was watching one of the messages and I saw her doing the announcement and then I could just see her future. 
then I thought about her school. And then I said, no, that's not a good school. Because we were also giving that school. But we didn't go. You have to know how the system in this country works. You have to put your foot on the ground. Amen? Amen. But we thank God that God has given her a good school. Malik was older than 24. <laughs> I thought he was older than 24, so I was shocked when he said he's 24 yesterday. And um, I think if he's serious with God, before he turns 30, he'll be. A millionaire. Amen. So he must be serious with God. Before he turns 30. So write, write it down. That's a prophecy for you. See, most of the time, the prophecy for you, you are not there. Where is he now? I know he's working, but he should be seated where he is. He's working in the house. So by the time he turns 30, he'll be a millionaire, and he'll be planted in the house of the Lord. All right. Are you ready for the word? Are you getting something out of this series we're doing on walking in obedience? All right. Before we start going to the word, uh, please take note that our heaven houses start this Tuesday. Amen. Amen. Our heaven houses start this Tuesday. And uh, this is the last call. Please, if you have a house, avail your house for it to be used as a heaven house. We will not beg you because these are the things of God. If your house is available, avail it to be used for the house, for the, for heaven house. We will not beg you. If you don't want to give your house to God, you can keep it. And remember who gave you the house in the first place. So this is the last call for heaven house. If you are not going to give your house for heaven house, we will not beg you. We will thank God and start with the ones that have already availed their houses. So we are starting this Tuesday. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, are you ready for the word? Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. And two, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2, I read, the Bible says, and now it shall come to pass if you shall diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully 
all his commandments which I have commanded you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Say amen to that. Our place of position is God taking us high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, the Bible says that, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with my series that I have titled, Walking in Obedience. Walking in Obedience, and this is part three. Walking in Obedience, and this is part three. Obedience might be costly, but its end result is a lifetime of great rewards. Obedience might be costly, but its end is a lifetime of great rewards. That's why it's important for us to walk in obedience in line to the word of God. Everything in scripture is for our upliftment. Every word of God is for our upliftment. Every instruction that God gives you is to take you to the next level. That's why it's important for us to walk in obedience. So the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, it says, and it shall come to pass if you shall diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and to observe, to observe and to do all his commandments, not some of his commandments, not pick and choose, but to do how many? All his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you high above how many nations? How many nations? All nations of the earth. Say amen to that. And that's where we are coming to. Whether the devil likes it or not, God is setting us high above all the nations of the earth. And the secret is walking in obedience. Hallelujah. I see men and women out of this commission being set above all nations of the earth. I said all nations, not some nations. How many nations? All nations. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. As we walk in line with God's word, God will begin to set us above, strategically, above all the nations of the earth. I'm telling you, all the nations in education will be above. In the media will be above. In business will be above. In aviation will be above. In technology will be above. Wherever God wants us to be, we will be above. And I prophesy over you from today that you'll begin to walk under an open heaven. An open heaven. 
wherever you are at your workplace, this week, God is going to shift things around for you. Your long-awaited promotion is due you this week. Say a good amen. amen. Because God's word cannot be broken. I don't know who is sitting on your promotion. This week, God will remove them. I said God will remove them. Anything that has caused you to be stagnant up until now, the anointing, the grace of God that is operating in this commission will begin to speak for you. We have never been down. We have always been up. And as a result of that, God is bringing you up. I said God is bringing you up in the name of Jesus. So God said, if you will obey, if you hearken unto my voice, I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That's where I'm coming to. That's my position. That is where we are as a ministry. We'll be above all nations. There will be no nation on this earth that will be above this commission. I said, there'll be no nation on this earth, name it, Britain, US, China, India, that can be above this commission. Because we are walking in line with God's word and our set position is to be high above all nations of the earth. Economically, we'll be high above all nations. I said economically will be positioned high above all nations. When it comes to technology, we, the church, we will be the light. Shout a good amen. Amen. That's why it's key for you to walk in obedience. And please hear me. Eating the good of the land is in your willingness and in your obedience. I know many are willing. But not many are walking in obedience. That's why Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. God says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The good of which land? The good of this land. You will eat the good of this land. Say amen. Amen. You eat the, I, I, I prophesy over you you will eat the good of this land. Your days of just wishing are over. Things that you used to wish for, God will bring you into them. So God says, if you're willing and you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Please write this down. Anything you get outside of the will of God will be lost in due season. Anything you get outside of the will of God will be lost in due season. If it's not God, it's not good. If it's not God, it's not good. Write this down. God is not committed to give you another instruction if you have not obeyed the first one he gave you. 
God is not committed to give you another instruction if you have not obeyed the first one. That's why prompt obedience is important. When God tells you to do something, what do you do? You do it. John chapter 2 verse 5, the mother of Jesus told the servants, whatsoever he tells you to do, what do you do? Just do it. It might not make sense to you, but just do it. What you want is the end result. As to the method and the process, leave that to God. You want wine? He says, pour water. Don't begin to logically argue with God. Just do what he tells you to do. Do you know that the Bible says that in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 there about, the Bible says you don't know how a baby is formed in the womb. You don't know how the bones of a baby is formed in the womb. A baby just starts through a liquid and through that water, little tiny liquid. Out of that little tiny liquid comes brain, comes eye, comes nose, comes ears, comes bone. You don't, you have no idea of the process. Don't now sit down and begin to reason. How can a liquid become a human being? That's, that's, that's none of your business. Your business is to do your part. Yeah. Hallelujah. So prompt and radical obedience to God is better than any sacrifice you offer to him in disobedience. Write this down. Prompt and radical obedience to God is better than any sacrifice you offer to him in disobedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 to 23. 1 Samuel chapter 15, from verse 22 to 23. It says, for Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected, or because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. That's why prompt and radical obedience to God is better than any sacrifice you offer to him in disobedience. You know, many people disobey God and say, God, you know, I will sacrifice, I'll give you this out of that. No, what God wants from you is prompt and radical obedience. You know the story? Samuel went to war. He was specifically instructed to destroy the king of Agag and everything, and all the fat rams, and all the fat sheep, and all the fat cows. And when he went to war, 
and he saw how fat the cows and the rams were, he destroyed the people, left the king, and left the fatty aspects, the booty of the wall. He took the gold, the diamond. They were looking glittering. He said, my goodness, why does God want me to destroy this? And so when Samuel came to him, he started lying. He said, oh, prophet, I have done everything the Lord commanded me to do. And then all of a sudden, Samuel started hearing bleating sheep. The sheep gave him up. The sheep started bleating. Man, we are here. He did not obey God. We are here. Man, he's lying. Man, have you noticed that most of the time, things that you want to hide from God exposes you? And then Samuel said, what is this bleating sheep that I can hear in your house? He said, oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. I, I brought these ones to sacrifice them unto God. But that was not the instruction. The instruction is that destroy everything. You know, sometimes we think we know better than God. God says, give. And through your giving... I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And sometimes we think we know better than God. There is nothing you give to God that adds to God. Everything you give to God adds to you. Say amen to that. So Samuel said to Saul, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, your kingship is taken away from you. Look at, look at what it cost him to walk in obedience. To walk in disobedience. He lost his kingship. He lost everything he has been believing God for. He lost everything. It says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? So that means when it comes to the scale of 1 to 10, obedience is key for God than anything else you give him. Amen? Amen. Obeying God is more important than anything else you do. I said last week or two weeks ago, being under grace does not mean God suspends all other laws. And most of the time, that is a deception many Christians walk in. They think we are under grace. So that means I don't have to obey God. And most of the time, people even say, because we are under grace, we don't have to confess our sins. God says in his word, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. So there is a place for asking for forgiveness of sins even when you are walking under grace. Hallelujah. So God wants us to walk in obedience. And like I said, obedience might be costly, but its end reward is Awesome. It's awesome. I said it's awesome. 
when, when I, God said to me, go into full-time ministry, it wasn't easy. It was a difficult decision. I was running away from it for years, but finally I yielded. And when it comes to what gives me joy and satisfaction, it's not money. It's seeing lives transformed. It's seeing men and women who walked into this church who, who have no idea where they were going. But all of a sudden, through their constant commitment to God and his word, God begins to give them direction. God begins to give them vision. God begins to give them clarity. And, and you will be shocked the, the, the men and women that are in this church. Great men. Great women. God is raising greatness out of this house. And it's just humbling to see what God is doing through his people. And what is the result of that? Because we are walking in obedience. My prayer for you is that you will not reject God. My prayer for you is that you will not reject the word of God. Listen, the Bible says that God has lifted his word above his name. So every time you reject God's word, you have actually rejected God. Are you following what I'm saying? Every time you come to church and you hear a word, it's not a coincidence. There are no accidents in God. There are no coincidences in God. Every time you come, the word prepared for you is what he wants you to hear at that stage. And the purpose of the word is to align you with the will of God so that you begin to experience greatness. And I decree over you from today, your portion will be above and never beneath. Listen, when you walk in obedience, God puts a hedge of his glory around you. When you walk in obedience, God puts a hedge of his glory around you. But disobedience removes the hedge and makes you vulnerable to attack. Do you know what a hedge is? A hedge means covering, protection. Job chapter 1 verse 10. The Bible says this is Satan talking. The Bible says that Satan said... Have you not made a hedge around him? Most of the time, you don't see the hedge. It's the enemy that sees it. (laughs) And most of the time, because you don't see the hedge, you take the covering of God for granted. But the devil knows that he can attack you because you are hedged by God's glory. Adam and Eve did not know that they were covered by the glory of God. The moment they sinned, the Bible says that they became naked and they were aware of themselves. From beginning, they were naked. But guess what? That nakedness was covered by the glory of God. But the moment sin came in, the glory departed. Sin takes away the glory of God from you. 
So when you walk in obedience, God puts a hedge of his glory around you. But when you disobey, he removes the hedge and you become vulnerable. So Job chapter 1 verse 10, Satan said, have you not made a hedge around him, number one, around his household, number two, and around all that he has on every side, number three. And you have blessed the work of his hands, number four. And his possessions have increased in the land, number five. Can you see what happens when we walk in obedience? Now you say, but pastor, what did Job do? You know the story? Later on, Job's children died. His business collapsed and so on and so forth. He said, but pastor, we didn't see Job walk in disobedience. Yes, he did. Job said, what I greatly feared has come upon me. Why was he walking in fear? The moment you move from faith, you enter into fear. The moment you move out of obedience, you enter into disobedience. There is no center line. There is a thin line between obedience and disobedience. You can't be on the side, you can't be in the middle. Because as, as for me, I'm neutral. There is nothing neutrality. There's no neutral. You are either in obedience or in disobedience. At every stage of your life, you are either working in obedience or in disobedience. Hallelujah. So, the hedge, obedience, creates a hedge around you. And it protects you and covers you so that everything around you prospers. Say a good amen. Amen. And so, look at the levels of covering that comes upon us. Job 1.10, the Bible says, Satan recognized that you have made a hedge around him. That is the first area of covering and protection. As your pastor, I am under authority. There is no church like this one anywhere else in the world. In all humility, I'm the founder and senior pastor of this church. But I'm still under authority. I am the, I'm, I'm under authority. Are you following me? And because I am under authority, not only to God, but to men of God who are above me, God has put a hedge around me. This is very important. If we don't get this right, we live and open ourselves to the destruction of the devil. So there are levels of covering. Number one, the hedge is around me. Number two is the household. The hedge, the covering is around the household. He said, you have not, have you not made a hedge around him and around his household? The household here represents the church. That's why the Bible says that his banner over us is love. 
We are under a banner. We are under a canopy. We are under a glory. We are under a covering. So you see, everyone that connects or plugs himself into this vision automatically comes under that covering. And one of the covering in this house is no one would die through an accident. No one would die through sickness. It doesn't matter the name of that sickness. No one. So long as you are connected to this house, you are under a covering. No devil has a right to snatch any member of this house. Say a good amen. Because we are under the covering of the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus speaks better things. It speaks better things. God says when I see the blood, I will pass over. So you are covered. I said you are covered. You are sealed. And not only that, he said and around all that he has on every side. So that means even if the devil wants to attack you, there's a covering on you, around you, on every side. On your left, there's a covering. On your right, there's a covering. Behind you, there is a covering. In front of you, there is a covering. Because we are under the glory of God. And not only that, he said, and you have blessed the works of his hands. There is no member in this church that will say the works of their hands are not blessed. He blesses the works of our hands. Everyone in this house is blessed. Not only are we blessed, our children are blessed. The works of the hands of our children are blessed. Our children are excelling in school. Wherever they are, they are excelling because we are walking in this understanding knowing what we have in Christ Jesus. We don't gather here just because we want to gather. We are here for a purpose. He has blessed the work of his hands. The works of your hands are blessed. Somebody look at your hands and say, my hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Or say like you mean it. Say, my hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Say, with the blessings of the Lord. With the blessings of the Lord. That's why Psalm 1 verse 3 says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, it shall prosper. Others might be going down. You can't go down. Because we have a covenant right with Jehovah. So, Job chapter 1 verse 10. It says, you have blessed the works of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Oh, shout a good amen. That's our portion as a ministry. As a commission, their possessions, our possessions will forever increase in this land. Not only in this land, but in every land God places us in. How does this this happen? 
is because there is a hedge. There is a hedge. There is a hedge. The devil can hear the sound of that hedge. Whenever he comes close, he can hear the buzzing sound. Do not enter. Amen. Amen. Do not enter. If he disobeys and he comes close to that hedge, he is electrocuted and he falls and he dies. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Matthew 21 verse 33, Jesus said, hear the parable. Hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and built and leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. So you see, the hedge here implies that it protects everything that is, that is, um, that is of a great value. You put a hedge around something that you value. And God values us. So he puts a hedge around us. Write this down. If and when you break the hedge, the serpent will bite. The hedge is there to protect you and to cover you but if and when you break the hedge, the serpent will bite. Like I said, being under grace does not mean God suspends all other laws. If you break the laws of this country, you'll be punished. Isn't that right? Yeah, you'll be punished. So every time you break the hedge, the serpent is, will bite. The serpent is there waiting. The only way, the only reason why the serpent has not beaten you is because there is a hedge. And sadly, many people don't know that the hedge is there to protect them. I don't like saying this, but let me just say this. There was a, there was a, a man who came to this church I think a year or two ago, maybe two years ago, and they moved closer from somewhere and they came. And so he came to church, came with his wife, family, and they joined the church. Great, doing well. They were coming, you know. And the interesting thing about this man was he said he came here, I think, twice. And on those two occasions that he came, we were not meeting. We were meeting at a different place. And so he came again the fourth time. He came three times. And so that should tell you that God wants you to be here. So he came and he was planted and then, you know, he had some health challenges. But when he came in, you know, God supernaturally took care of his, his health challenges and he was doing fine. Not long after, we didn't see him again. And I was wondering, oh, where's this man? Didn't tell us, didn't tell no one, just, just left. 
I was somewhere in Croydon <clears throat> three or four weeks ago, I think last month. And somebody was, I was driving and somebody wanted to pass, so I gave the person where to go. And I thought, I know this car. And so I drove going to 10 and then I lift up my head and I saw him. I said, hey, what happened? Where have you been? He said, oh, I moved. We've moved house. I said, oh, really? Wow. And I expect this person to be a matured Christian. That when you come to a church and you are living, courtesy, respect, demands that you tell your covering, your pastor, even if it's your temporary pastor, tell him, oh, we are moving now, we are moving somewhere else, praise God, we will let you go. There's no way we, we, when you are leaving, we'll say, no, you cannot go, you have to stay here. Come on now. We don't do that. There was a family that, you remember, um, were here not long ago and they traveled to the U.S., remember? Yeah. A, so we can't say, no, you will not go to the U.S., you have to stay here. No, God has opened a bigger door for them and our desires for people to prosper and so then the next thing not long ago I realized that the sickness had deteriorated I said look he didn't understand the importance of a hedge and may I tell you this don't let anybody confuse you that they have been a Christian for 50 years so they know more about the Bible than you don't let anybody intimidate you. I'm saying this to tell you that don't leave a church without letting your man or your woman of God know. And when the time comes and you say you are leaving, we will not say stay here forever. But when you break the hedge by leaving without informing, you have disconnected yourself from the covering and the serpent will bite. The serpent's number one strategy is to pull you out and destroy you. So when you break the hedge, the serpent will do what? Will bite. You say, ha, pastor. Numbers chapter 21 from verse 4 to 9. Are you getting something out of this teaching? Numbers 21 from verse 4, I read. The Bible says that then they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. You know, this is a story about the children of Israel coming out of captivity and going into the promised land. God has to take them the long route because of their, their character. Sometimes God is taking you through the long route, not because he doesn't want to take you into your promised land immediately, but because he wants to take out some things out of you. Are you following me? So look carefully. The Bible says that, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Now this is understandable. That when you're going a long way, sometimes you get discouraged. But don't allow the discouragement to cause you to sin. Are you following me? This is very important. Yes, we all come to moments sometimes when we are low. 
where we are by ourselves and we are wondering, why have I not seen the manifestations of all my expectations? Why am I not here? I'm supposed to be here by now. Why am I not there? So sometimes you can get discouraged, but don't take the discouragement to the wrong place. Verse 5, the Bible says that, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. This is somebody God used to deliver you out of captivity. And you had the guts to speak against him. The day you start speaking against your man of God, that means that Satan has entered into you and he wants to destroy you by removing the head. And the moment you do that, the serpent will bite. He said, that, and the people speak against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. They call what God has given them worthless bread. They preferred slavery, bondage to freedom. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, So the Lord sent fury serpents among the people, and they beat the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Can you see when you break the hedge, what happens? Can you see the serpent will do what? Will bite. And for your information, God told Cain, sin lies at your, at your door. Sin is always ready at your door, waiting to come in. <laughs> Sin is like a mosquito. When, you know, there are mosquito trap doors from most places where there are a lot of mosquitoes, and there are two doors, and there's a net, and sometimes they are waiting by the door. You open the door, shoom, gets in. So be careful. Listen, don't speak against any man or any woman of God because you did not call them. Yes. Don't go on social media and criticize any man or any woman of God. Even if you were there and Satan called them, still don't criticize them. Because you will not know at what moment God can use them. Did you know that in the Old Testament, God used to use the enemies of the children of Israel to discipline them? So even though they were on the other side, sometimes God would bring them on his side just to teach them a lesson. Verse 7, the Bible says that therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have seen the same Moses they were criticizing. The same Moses they were speaking against. He said, we have seen, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. That it shall be that everyone that who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall leave. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole 
So it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Amen? Amen. The solution for a venom is anti-venom. When a snake bites you, the solution to solve the bite is what? The same bite, the same venom from the snake. Hallelujah. Somebody say, today I have decided to walk in prompt obedience. To obey is better than what? Sacrifice. As we get ready to close, your breakthrough, write this down, your breakthrough is in your obedience. Your breakthrough is in your obedience. God has been ministering, speaking to me about this, what I'm teaching to you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me myself. Now, when we talk about obedience, don't say, oh, pastor is working in 100% obedience. No. Even me, I need grace. Yeah. I need grace. There are some things God has asked me to do that I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm telling God, how is this going to be possible? So, don't think this is just for you. It's for all of us. What I'm about to share with you, or what I'm sharing with you, is part of what God has been speaking to me about. How many of you want to experience breakthrough here? Breakthrough on every side. It's in your obedience. Luke chapter 5. From verse 4 to 7. You know the story already? Peter told all night, caught nothing. And then Jesus asked to use his boat. From verse 4, the Bible says that when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Look at the word there, nets, plural. You know, sometimes when God gives us an instruction, we don't obey it fully. We obey it how? Partially. And remember last week we said partial obedience is what? Disobedience. So Jesus said, let down your nets. Let down your nets. I have never allowed my past failures to limit my future. If God told me something last year to do, And I did it, and it didn't work. And he tells me to do something bigger. I don't allow my past to limit my future. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, for instance, God tells us everyone win one soul. And that week, nobody brings one soul to church. The following month, if God says, tell them to bring ten souls, I'll tell you. Somebody say, but... He didn't bring one. How can he bring ten? So Jesus told Peter, yes, you have failed, 
but forget about the failure. He said, launch, let down your nets. Verse 5, the Bible says, that, but Simon Peter answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. And remember I said, if there is toiling in your life, it might be that you have disobeyed God. If there is toiling in any area of your life, it, there might be. It means that you have disobeyed God in that area. He said, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Singular. Jesus said, let down your nets. Peter said, I'll let down my net. Singular. Jesus said, let down your nets. Plural. Peter said, I'll let down my net. Singular. Verse 6. The Bible says that. And when they had done this. And when they had done this. They caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. To come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So that they began to sink. Can you see the importance of obeying God? Your breakthrough lies in what? Your obedience. What would have happened if Peter had not launched out his net? Peter could have given Jesus a good excuse. Jesus, I'm a master fisherman. I'm an expert fisherman. Jesus, you are a professional carpenter. You don't know how fishes operate. Jesus, I know how to fish more than you. But I thank God that Peter obeyed. Your breakthrough is in your obedience. God is telling someone to launch out into the deep and they are not launching out. They are waiting. But let me say this, your breakthrough is in your obedience. God is telling us some things to do, some big things to do. As a church, we are going to do some big things. Some big things. When I say big, I mean big. That that involves hundreds of thousands of pounds in the millions of pounds. Big things. Somebody say, how is that going to be possible? As we obey God, the breakthrough comes. Finally, as we close, last verse, last scripture, 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 8. 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 8. You know the story. Elijah had prophesied that there would be no rain for three and a half years. And there was no rain. And God started feeding him with ravens. Ravens were bringing him bread and meat. Morning, afternoon, evening. Ravens represent selfish animals, selfish systems. We have come into a season where 
Systems that have been selfish will be feeding you. Selfish systems will be pouring into you. They'll be bringing whatever they have taken away from you in the name of Jesus. So, um, Elijah was being fed by this raven and he was drinking from the brook. And so, the raven stopped bringing the food. The brook dried up. And then God gave him another instruction. (laughs) And so let's go and look at the instruction God gave him. From verse 8, 1 Kings chapter 17. The Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. I want you to underline this. God said to Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. So that means God knew the owner of this city. This, the owner of this city was a wealthy man. Right? And God said, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. Now, God knew this rich man and he's telling Elijah, go to this widow who is a poor widow. Add two and two together. Who would you like to go to? The rich man or the widow? The poor widow? Eh? Come on, be honest. Come on. Come on, be honest. Yeah, you, you, all of you are being honest. But I have one person here who is not being honest. Who says they would like to go to the widow? Of course, you will choose the rich man. I remember when we started the church, I was praying, saying, Father, send us rich men, send us rich. And then one, we saw, I think, one rich man came <laughs> with a nice, powerful car. That rich man was not giving offering. His whole offering for the whole year was less than one pound. I said, what? Rich man? We all like rich men, don't we? (laughs) So God said to Elijah, don't go to the rich man. Don't go to the owner of the city. Go to the poor widow. Verse 9, verse 10. The Bible says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now remember, this is a time of famine, three and a half years of famine. So she said, verse 12, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am going to gather two sticks. How many sticks? Two sticks. See how poor she was. She was so poor, even the free sticks that were there to gather to cook, she didn't gather a lot. She only gathered two. A couple of sticks. 
that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make for yourself and your son. Don't you think Elijah was being unreasonable? The woman said, I have a small flour to make bread. Elijah said, make me cake. The ingredients of bread and the ingredients of cake, which one is higher? Peter, you should be able to tell us. Cake is more. But Elijah is telling this woman, go make me cake. The woman was going to make bread. Elijah said, make me cake. Where is she going to get the butter from? Cake, you need butter. You need egg, right? You need yeast. Yeast? What do you need? You need sugar. She didn't have all of these things. You need vanilla. You need vanilla what? Essence. Essence. For the cake to smell nicer. We are in famine. Prophet Elijah, you don't know what's happening here. But the prophet said, make me a cake. Don't you think this woman have the right to disobey God? What do you think? Do you think she is legitimately in her right to disobey the man of God? Because come on, man of God. I'm only going to make bread. The ingredients I have are for bread, not for cake. And you are telling me, you're telling me to make a cake? I can't do that. But look at what happened next. The Bible says, verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Your breakthrough is in your obedience. (laughs) You say, but God, I don't have anything. God says, sacrifice out of what I've given you. Verse 15, the Bible says, so she went away and did according to the, she obeyed the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days. Verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he has spoken by Elijah. As your prophet, I speak over your life. I come against the spirit of fear. Anything that is holding you back that is not allowing you to walk into your destiny. I come against it now. I release you into your future. 
I release you into greater dimensions of your future. Your destiny will speak well. From today, anything that has been like a shame that have been associated to your life, it's coming of today. Amen. I said it's coming of today. Amen. I said it's coming of today. In the name of Jesus, no more shame will come near you. No more shame. In the name of Jesus. Your breakthrough is in your obedience. God told Elijah, go. Elijah didn't question God. Elijah obeyed and went. And what happened? We saw the hand of the Lord. Somebody is about to take a big step. But you are scared. You are not sure whether whether God will make it happen. I've come to prophesy to you like Elijah prophesied to this woman that your flower will not finish until God sends rain upon this earth. Don't allow what is going on in the economy to put fear in you. I told you there will be shakings. We just heard a company that has been there for nearly 200 years about to go into administration. Don't say, but God, the Goliaths are falling. God is raising up the Davids. God is raising up the Davids. God is raising up the Davids. Don't allow the enemy to put fear in you. This is the time for you to start asking God, give me ideas. Give me concepts. Give me the grace to take bold steps. And as you do that, God's faithfulness will be seen in your life. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. You're going to pray one prayer. One prayer. Give me grace, Lord. Grace. Grace to obey you. Grace to walk in prompt obedience. Grace to walk in prompt obedience. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Open your mouth and talk to God. Ask God to give you grace. Grace to walk in prompt obedience. Obedience might be costly, but the end result, the end result is rewarding. It's a lifetime of greatness. End result is rewarding. Grace, Lord, grace. Father, give us grace to walk in prompt obedience. 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 Talk to God. Talk to God. Ask God to give you grace. 
Ask God to give you grace. Ask God to give you grace. Grace to obey promptly. Grace to do his will. Grace to walk in his word. Grace to fulfill your destiny. Great grace is coming upon you today. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Great grace, Lord. Great grace, Lord. Great grace, Father. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this house. I pray for supernatural grace. May this house be a house that corporately works in obedience. Corporate obedience. None of us will be left behind. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray Lord. That there will be no weakness found in us. In the mighty name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of disobedience. I come against the spirit of witchcraft. I come against the spirit of idolatry. I come against the spirit of disunity. I decree right now the spirit of obedience. The spirit of obedience comes upon this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We call it done. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord. Celebrate him. Celebrate the Lord. For all he's done for us. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. Oh, I said let's celebrate the Lord. Let's celebrate him. 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 For grace for obedience. Grace for obedience. Thank you. It is done. Before the end of this year, greater dimensions of giants will rise up from this church. You watch. You watch. You watch before the end of this year. There will be greater dimensions of giants being raised out of this church. And it will be like a dream. It will be like a dream. It will be like a dream. Please. Let's go home 
Let's apply this word to our lives. We'll finish it off next week. Next week, I'll show you out of when you walk in obedience, there are seven unbreakable blessings. There are more, but I'll show you just seven. That cannot be broken by no devil when you walk in obedience. And you'll see how awesome these seven unbreakable blessings are. Listen, we've entered into a new season. Bishop Oedipo said, when God told him to take the church to where the church is today, it didn't make sense. But they did. Exactly 20 years ago, September the 18th, the faith tabernacle was built. Within one year, a 52,000 seater in a forest. Today, the whole world looks up to that house as a testament. I have no doubt that God is taking us somewhere. There is no future for people who disobey God's word. Their key is obedience. I'm not saying obeying God's word is easy. But my prayer is that God will give you grace to walk in obedience. And as you walk in obedience, you will see yourself. God will be changing your levels. Get ready. God will be envying this. God will cause men and women to envy this church. You have not stayed here in vain. You did not come here in vain. God brought you here for a purpose. Develop a thick skin. Very soon, they will be envying you. Those who mocked you, they are going to come and ask you, how did we make it? How did we make it? Get ready. There will be an outbreak of the supernatural among us. Next week, I will pray for all of us that God will give us that grace to walk in prompt obedience. I have seen it in my own life. Every time God has told me to obey, and there are many, many, many. There are many people in this church. There are many people. I mean, sometimes after service, somebody will come to me and say, Pastor, I heard the Lord said, I, I, I have to sow this seed into covenant. And as they do it, God opens major doors for them. Many, many, many. Prompt obedience to the voice of God is your asset in life. When God tells you win a soul, promptly. Don't delay do it promptly. And as you do that, God will bless you. I see giants raising out of this house. I said, I see giants being raised out of this house. I said, I see giants being raised out of this house. And that will be our story. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293 Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.